0: Welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How is it going with you?
1: As per usual, weather around here is absolutely batshit crazy. Um, last week, they, after Easter, it snowed, and then by Saturday it was 85 degrees, and now we're back in down into the 50s with heavy rain. Mm. So, loads of fun. Yep, yeah. yeah. cool. Uh, Alright, other than, other than dealing with uh, all of that, what have you been playing? Uh, Not a whole lot. Life's been really, really busy. I haven't had a whole bunch of time to play. Um, I'm still kind of slogging my way through Medieval Dynasty. I've kind of, sort of got the village management thing a little bit figured out. Um, Basically, you have to get a lot of people really early and get them into rotations of doing things, and they never auto-do anything, so if you don't literally tell them what to do, of every second of every day. They just sit around and do nothing. You get bored. Uh-huh. And they also um, aren't proactive in anything. So if you want them to, like, gather food but the food doesn't grow in the season, you have to go into the management and change them from gathering this type of food to gathering this type of food uh, because it's not in season. So you have to keep on top of that every season. Um, I mean, it's fun if you like really micromanaging stuff. Outside of that, it's a lot of work.
0: Hmm. Okay. Okay. It's not a game I've jumped into myself, so I I can't. It's a. P- it's way. a
1: not super intensive, but it does require a a halfway decent PC to run it.
0: Okay. Okay. Um. Anything else? Any more of um? Oh, what's that Fox game called? I can't remember. A uh, tunic. What. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm still stuck on that one bus. I try it every now and then. It's just that me not having that much of a background in in Souls type games that it's a it's a lot harder for me for to get past bosses like that Mm -hmm. when it requires that skill set
0: all right um so cool that's what robert's been playing uh for me i ended up going back to last of us 2 um how that ended up happening was um i'll I'll talk about the games i tried to play in a minute and then stopped playing but um i've got no games sort of on me At the moment Um, I have had the medium sent to me I found it in a random uh, Playstation suggestion video And everything that the person said about um, In the game sounded kind of interesting Sort of this like cinematic-ish Horror game So I'm going to give that a try When that comes out I didn't get Switch Sports sent to me unfortunately Um, Those copies are all on rent At the moment So I'll have to wait a bit of time for that Um, I jumped into Returnal and i did stream a bunch of it the other day i've still got a stream to put up on youtube um but i've decided not to go any further with the game and why i've decided that is while i like a lot of the things in the game the shooting's great the uh character's interesting uh the story is kind of interesting as well um and the the dual sense haptic feedback on that game is really stunning um it's really quite incredible I'm just kind of tired and sort of done with games that require you to do like loops and cycles and things like that. Um so you're from software type games or get games that sort of like hey build up your run for 20 30 40 minutes, you know, gather a bunch of stuff, level up, level up your character and then if you die to the boss, there's no checkpoint, you just start again. Um I'm kind of just quite I, i'm a bit tired of that formula which is one of the reasons i probably won't be trying elden ring because it's probably going to be the same the same type of thing the only game i've played that has sort of got that right and to a more sort of like accessible level is the jedi fallen order game which has been talked about as like oh this is the dark souls of the star wars games and it it, it kind of has that formula but that's a lot more forgiving and a lot more like just a lot better i think um, and the checkpoint system is better and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I'm just kind of tired of games that like, hey, you played for 40 minutes and you leveled up your character a bunch and that felt great and then you lost to the boss and now you got to do that all over again. Um, I'm just kind of tired of that formula, um, I think. So, I mean, for any future From Software games, I'm probably not going to step back into those. Um, I like to give some of those games a try. Like, you know, I I, I stepped into demon souls for a few hours i did very much enjoy it but again the loop came back to hit me where it's sort of hey all that stuff that you've just gotten um and all that progress you just made and you made your way through all that bunch of the map you're gonna have to do that again um and you know if if for those of you out there that like that type of formula obviously there's a bunch of people that do because there's the whole like um uh soulsborne community and stuff um and it's not about me getting good or whatever the the, the stupid phrase is, it's, it's not about that, like, if I wanted to put in the time to these types of games, and wanted to get better, I would, if I wanted to do that, but I don't want to do that, um, it, it's not about whether I can or can't do it, it's just that I don't want to bother with that type of, um, format, um, how, how do you feel about those kind of games with that sort of, you know, hey, you died, you got to start kind of from the beginning again. How do you feel about those types of games?
1: I don't generally play them, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. For pretty much that exact same reason, I'm not a big fan of the grind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You did play the uh, Fallen Order game, didn't you? Star Wars.
1: I played it to a point, and then it just got too frustrating, so I okay. uh, switched it down to what they called story difficulty to where basically it's easy mode and then I have just finished out the story because it was literally the last boss. So Oh
0: right, right. Yeah, so. Um I think that was maybe what I did as well. I I can't remember. It was a a while ago, but I would play like a second one of those because it will it will get it will make that format more accessible, I think. Um and we're going to get into accessibility and difficulty options in a minute. And it is both, I I will admit, it's both a combination of I am getting worse at games because I am getting older. Not like I'm old, but I'm getting older. And, like, sometimes I realise when I do play games now, like, my reaction times and things like that are slightly slower than what they used to be. Um, And that kind of does become a frustration as well. Um, But it's also just, I have realised how much I dislike that format um so there's there's that but Returnal for those of you that like that type of format Returnal is a great game it really really is um and I'll probably watch like I started watching Hollow it on uh YouTube because I'm very interested in the story it's very like weird and mysterious and you know timey-wimey and that sort of stuff so I, I was into that parts of it but um Yeah, that's pretty much that with that. Um, I also... um, I was going to mention Dying Light 2, but I'll mention that when we get to a news piece about it, because I did attempt to return to it, and then I had a change of mind, or change of heart, you could say. Um, But I will talk about that when we get to the Dying Light 2 section. Um, So yeah, I've ended it back on uh, Last of Us 2. I am roughly... Almost halfway through the the game. Obviously, this is my fourth or fifth... um, playthrough because i did obviously the main one then did the new game plus one then i did the collectibles run and then i did the uh what was it the um other run that i did I, i'm on my fourth or my fifth one but obviously the different runs have had uh different requirements and trophies and stuff um yeah i'm playing it on permadeath but not for the whole game because i would find that quite ridiculous i'm playing it on light which is the easiest i think the easiest difficulty but um, playing it on permadeath per chapter, you can do per chapter, per game, and per. Um, there's another one as well. Um, I, th- I can't remember what the other one's called, but it's per chapter, per per game, and then per something. Um, but the this trophy does specify you can do it on any permadeath setting. So basically, what it's doing for my playthrough is that any time I die, it just puts me back at the start of the actual chapter. Which, the chapters on the game, you can go through them in about 30 to 40 minutes, roughly. And, like, obviously, at this point through, I don't need to see the cutscenes again. As much as I love them and all that. Um, I don't need to see those, so, like, skipping those is saving some time. Um, I'm not necessarily killing, or, like, killing every enemy, or searching every room. Um, one thing I have been doing, which I found the more fun on this playthrough, because, obviously, it's on the easy difficulty... Is try to do it more stealthily. And actually try not to kill. Not like try to be a you know, pacifist run or whatever. Not, not Nothing like that. But try to do a a more stealthy type of run. And there's been a few occasions. It's been quite fascinating. Where I've been laying under a truck. Or in the tall grass. You know kind of hiding from, from enemies. Or just behind a box or whatever. And just watching the air the ai know that you're out there somewhere they're not alerted to where you are but just watching the ai in this game the en- the enemy ai try to like search for you and them calling out to each other and uh you know if you're setting traps down and people get blown up and then they say hey tommy's dead over here or whatever or that they shout out like a random name um it's quite fascinating to just watch them do it um i think fr- from like a ai you know an animation perspective just to see like because they're doing different they're not just you know walking around like a like a you know ps1 robotic sort of character they've got a lot of uh, animations that are going on and stuff so um there's a couple of clips i put on youtube of some some different moments which was uh which was quite cool um but uh, on the light difficulty Um, even for clickers the bow and arrow are one shot kills even to like the chest and stuff so although I can't go around with unlimited bow and arrows I've been trying to do that a bit more Um, but what I'll try and kind of do is I'll try to use the I think they're like the smoke bombs or like the bottles or the bricks and if I because I try to go around like the edges of the map um, to try and do like the stealthy avoid kind of thing um, and try to just you know crawl away from the enemies. Um, but then if the enemies get a bit too close or if there's like a dog that they've got with them obviously there's like sniffer dogs and stuff they can sniff you out. I tend to get a bottle and think okay is there like a piece of glass because you can like smash a lot of the glass in the game. Is there a piece of glass or something I can throw a bottle against that's like on the opposite side and they will just follow that. Um, and on obviously on light difficulty it, it it's a lot more easier to do that um, but I find that quite fun as well to to do um so that's been uh that's been pretty good there was actually um a situation I was going through one area on the game and I crawled under a truck then went through some some taller grass and an enemy who I hadn't quite spotted I could sort of hear them somewhere near me and I'm using like a 3d audio thing which is quite cool um there was an enemy that was walking near me and um in the game, you get this sort of like woo type of noise um, when the enemies are spotting you, and then it sort of the noise gets more and more intense, and then it makes this sort of like trigger sound to when the enemies found you. Uh, so I was like, "Who is who is like sort of looking near me or whatever?" Um, and then I found this woman that was walking past Ellie, and so I had a bit of space behind me. I crawled back the other way, and uh, the the alert noise went went down. And then I had a bottle on me, um, turned around a bit, threw it, I think, at like a car or something. Again, you you don't have to throw it against something. You can just throw it on the floor because it will still smash. Um, But, and then like that alerted them and then I just kind of crawled past. So that was uh, pretty fun to do. But yeah, it's good to, it was good to kind of, because in my other playthroughs, although I would try and stealth around certain enemies, I would just have the natural instinct to just, okay, I'm going to kill everything around me type of thing. Um, And it's fun to know that you don't necessarily need to do that. I mean, there's certain animations, actually, in the game. And it's interesting that after two years of playing this game, roughly, I'm still kind of discovering fun and interesting things about this game. But there was a section... There's actually two sections I did where I'd alerted a few enemies. Not the whole group, but a few enemies. I'd killed them and then evaded one of them and sort of gotten away. And then... Um... I'd set, like, some traps down around some different corners and stuff. And then there's certain sections in the game where you'll get to a door that you'll need to go through for your next checkpoint. And Ellie, depending on the situation, whether you're, like, under attack or if there's nobody there, or if you're sort of, like, she's aware that there's enemies but they haven't spotted her, she will open the door in different ways depending on, well, the the alert level of the enemies. Um, And I got into a situation... um, where I did the animation, where um, she's opening the door, she's kind of looking behind her. There's there's enemies around, but they hadn't spotted her. So I thought that was that was kind of cool. I don't remember doing that too many in too many sections before, because um, usually I'd either rush out of the area and try and like bash through the door, or I'd clear the whole area before. So that was kind of cool. Um, any thoughts on any of that at all?
1: I mean, I don't really know the franchise that well. I mean, it's cool that you're still playing it and still enjoying it. Mm -hmm. um animation yeah i mean there's a million different things that you'll notice with animation but outside of that i just since i don't really play the game i don't really have a reference for most of that
0: Mm -hmm. fair enough fair enough uh so i'm going to keep going through that um so i've got that playthrough to do and then i've got the grounded playthrough because if i was going to do the grounded and permadeath playthrough at the same time (laughs) that would be kind of a nightmare which i did try initially for about the first level and then it didn't go well, so I'm gonna do them them both separately. Um so yeah, that'll be interesting to do. Um anyways most of I haven't played that much COD, been trying to focus on other sort of stuff and that. Uh and we'll talk about Dying Light 2 in a minute. But uh, I haven't got Switch Sports yet. It's got the medium scent, playing through Last of Us Two, um Oh, yeah, this, this remembered, Um Star Wars Squadrons. So I did get it. And I really tried, I really, really tried very hard to play that game in VR. I'd adjusted different video settings. I'd adjusted the brightness to just make the game, like, you know, look as best as it could. As I've always said, I'm not a graphics person, but when it comes to VR games, you need things to look a certain amount of clear. Um, And in VR, that game doesn't look right. And this gets into my problem that I've had with other games in the past, I've noticed with a couple of PS... And I don't know if this is an exclusive, like, PlayStation VR thing... Or if this applies to other platforms. For certain games that have got VR support... They tend not to work that well in VR. Um... There was a game, I think it was called Ace Combat 7. It was, like, you know... a Jet Fighter type of game or whatever. And that was actually worse because that just had a cinema mode. Um... Which is not really the way you want to play a game. Um but yeah it's got that kind of like you can play it in or out of vr but it wasn't sort of it was just supporting vr the, the only game that's really got that correct is remember that star trek um online game that you could play so the difference with with that star trek game um star trek I can't remember what it was called um the bridge commander game yeah bridge command bridge crew thing yeah yeah um is that game is built for playstation vr but it's it's it sort of does it the other way around where it's not built as a normal game with VR support. It's built as a VR game with normal play support, and that actually worked out pretty well. That's a quite good game. Um, but I really, I tried like adjusting sensitivity. I sat down in like the chair as I said I was going to, so I've got like the back support thing, and it wouldn't feel all weird with the vertigo and stuff. But it, in my and I've I've played like Iron Man VR where I'm flying around all over the place. I was completely fine with that game, so I've not got sort of like, you know, vertigo sickness or, you know, anything like that, um, I've played some games in VR that have done some quite wild sort of stuff, um, but this game just doesn't work for me in VR, um, and I, I, I couldn't get through, I, I played for maybe 15 minutes was about as much as I could stomach, the other thing I realised was that the draw distance didn't quite look right, um, but, yeah, it just, it just it didn't work at all, and I felt kind of, like, surprisingly sort of queasy after I'd come off the game, like, more, more than, way more than I expected to, so I, I just can't do that game, which is a shame, because I was, like, you know, in this kind of Star Wars groove, I'd played the um Lego uh, Skywalker saga, which I really enjoyed, I was in, like, a Star Wars mood and everything, but it just doesn't work right in, in VR. Um, I don't know if it's on like other platforms and it works better on those. Because you've got like Quest and Oculus and stuff. So that, that was a shame. But um, hopefully one day, because obviously we've had so many games announced for for Star Wars franchise and that. Hopefully one day we just get a proper Star Wars VR game that's like actually properly made for it. Because th- this one isn't, I I don't think. So that's uh, it's a shame. Uh, So I sent that back. Um, Anyway we've got a bunch of news to get to and some housekeeping so let's get into that. Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra you can find the link to our amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our koalu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with koalu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system That's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up. Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes. For Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast. And support us along the way. You can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcast over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcast. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month, so one TV show or Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, yesterday I did, uh, did two podcasts, Yesterday, uh, one was for my review for Russian Doll Season 2, which I very much enjoyed, I gave that one of my must-see ratings, and that's available the second season on Netflix, so you can check that out uh, if you want to, um, that's an entirely spoiler-free review as well, so don't worry about any spoilers, which I tell you that in the podcast anyway, but there you go, uh, speaking of Netflix, me and David uh, got together yesterday and we did an analyzing television episode, which was his first analyzing television podcast and we talked about just the Netflix situation both on the side of the stock and everything and what's happened there and the the, sh- the share price and stuff um, and also just getting into why Netflix are kind of in the situation they are in terms of quality of content and making too much of it and or you know doing sort of Quantity over quality and that type of stuff and a, a massive lack of advertisement of their shows. So uh, we we did a long podcast on that, talked about all that situation and uh, got into all of that. So that's called the Netflix situation. Over on the United cast, May United drew 1-1 with Chelsea. So that was another game with that. We'll be playing against Brentford tomorrow and there's just three games left of this season. Uh, me and David also continued our coverage of Better Call Saul. We're up to season six, episode three. Um, so there's some more episodes for that. We'll be continuing to cover that on Thursdays during the week, so check out those episodes. Uh, over on the Walking Dead UK podcast, uh, we had an emergency episode that we did. Uh, it wasn't an actual review of an episode. Uh, it was announced last week that Melissa McBride, who plays Carol, uh, is not exiting the main show. Uh, there's still eight episodes left of the main show, but there's was supposed to be a spin-off. With Daryl and Carol, obviously Norman Reedus and uh, Melissa McBride. But Melissa McBride, uh, for logistical reasons, has exited the spin-off. So not the main show. She's not going to be in the follow-up spin-off. So we don't know what that means for her character going forward. But that was some news that dropped. So we did an emergency episode for that. Uh, over on the DC side of things, I did, uh, it wasn't a DC talk episode, but I did a podcast called 14 Steps to Fix the DC EU." So, not suggesting a clean reboot per se, although I wouldn't argue against that. Just looking at kind of, okay, what have you got that works, what have you got that doesn't, and the 14 steps where you could fix that stuff. So it's not sort of suggesting, hey, do this film and do that film and add this character, add that character. It's more sort of like, how can you just sort this you know, universe out kind of thing, so that was fun to do Uh, Gaming Talk podcast last week, we talked about Crash Bandicoot and the Vicarious Visions developer being moved to work on Blizzard games, because that makes a bunch of sense. Uh, Battlefield 2042, adding a voice uh, chat thing, but only for parties and squads, and a Ghostbusters VR game that we talked about as well. Last week, me and Robert did a uh, Flash podcast wrap-up wrap up podcast thing. Um, The show will continue to go on with new episodes, but we will not be covering those new episodes, so we've wrapped up our Flash podcast. Uh, over on the Apple TV Plus side of things, I did my season one review for Raw. It's a anthology per episode season about eight female-driven, female-led stories. That's a must-see uh, review for that season, and you can find that show on Apple TV Plus. And that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org. Let's get into some uh, podcast platforms. Let's get into some news. Alright Robert, so the day has finally come, uh, we don't have any new news on this but we have an official announcement as you can see from the title, my uh, very much one of my most anticipated games, maybe my most anticipated, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 has been officially announced, it was announced both by the Call of Duty Twitter page on the course Twitter and the Infinity Ward, the developer. Uh, their Twitter page and across Facebook and all that type of stuff. Uh, so it's officially been announced. We don't have a date yet, um, although you can expect this game October, November, probably this year. And, uh, yeah, a lot of excitement from me. Um, we knew this game was coming, but just to see, you know, them tweet out and the logo and just, it's... Uh, official kind of thing again we knew the game was real and it was happening it was pretty much inevitable but you know it's nice to get an exciting announcement about the game being official and everything and then us patiently awaiting news of you know gameplay and what they're going to do with the campaign and that type of stuff um although saying that if you've played call of duty modern warfare the 2019 version which i've been playing for a while We've all got a pretty good idea of what this game is going to be, and uh, from all the news and tidbits and stuff that we've heard, and from what we know from the, uh, I guess you can say first game, um, we have a very good idea of what this game is going to be, what the campaign will possibly be about, and uh, some information about the multiplayer that we knew before. Um, but uh, there is, a, in in typical internet style, Robert, there is, there is confusion about this game the internet is confused Robert um, about this uh, because um, I saw some discussion this morning about people saying like hey what classic maps could we you know do you want to bring back and that was a good to kind of like scroll through those discussions and be reminded of some old maps but most of the community were pointing out Modern Warfare 2 maps and I started thinking why are you only pointing out Modern Warfare 2 maps when it can be like classic maps to me for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 can be any Modern Warfare map because why would it not be? And then I started reading through some other stuff. People started suggesting other maps. I thought, oh yeah, I remember that map. That was cool. There's was a good bit, good bit sort of discussion there. There seems to be uh, confusion at the fact that some people think this game is a remake or a remaster of the 2000. I think it was 2009. The 2009 Modern Warfare 2 game. Uh, That's not the case. This is a direct sequel to 2019's Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Uh, So just to kind of clear everything up for those that are maybe confused. Or those that are intrigued about the situation. Uh, 2007 was Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Then I think two years later. Because that was at a point where um they were rotating the Modern Warfare games. With the Black Ops and the World at War games. Because if I remember my cod history correctly where 2007 was a call of duty 4 modern warfare so it was the fourth call of duty game but the first modern warfare game the year after that was call of duty world at war which was obviously a world war game had nothing to do with black ops that was a self-contained game then i think the year after that we went to modern warfare 2 the year after that we went to black ops 1 and then we went to modern warfare 3 and then black ops 2 And then I think there was like Advanced Warfare or Infinite Warfare, one of them too. Then there was Black Ops, uh, the next one after that, which I think was 4. And then the games went to like, you know, Call of Duty Ghosts and that kind of stuff. That was a bit of the, uh, what's referred to as the Dark Era of COD, which is the era that I stopped kind of playing in and that sort of thing. Um, But no, the story kind of has continued throughout all of the games Um, because one of the main carryover characters that's stayed in the games is Captain Price, who's, like, kind of the main character of the series. Uh, He was in the first game, second game, third game. He was also in the 2019 game, and he's going to be in the 2022, this year's game. So the campaign is going to continue through that line. There's been bits of canon and stuff that have been changed. Again, it's a COD game. It's not, you know, Game of Thrones or something. Yeah, there's been various bits of, like, canon that have been changed a little bit that kind of stuff and the the, the 2019 game did act as a revival for the series in the same way that like Terminator Dark Fate or Halloween 2018 kind of worked it still had some of the canon from the previous games but it changed things a little bit or kind of refreshed things um but this is a direct sequel to um Modern Warfare 1 which is the 2019 game so there we go um Yeah, in terms of classic maps, I mean, there's a ton of options that you could have. Uh, We've already been told before that there won't be a COD game next year, which will be 2023, because this game is going to be getting two years of uh, support, which sounds good to me. Um, I mean, I could probably play this game for the next three years, probably. I mean, I'm still playing the other one currently, and it's almost been three years. Um, But yeah, pretty much, you could pretty much pick from... I mean, you'd have to go with Modern Warfare 1, 2, and 3 for the classic maps. Obviously, you couldn't really pick out a 2019 map and call it a classic one because they're not really classics. But, um, yeah, any classic map really from 1, 2, or 3, I think, could be certainly used here. Uh, classic weapons you could certainly bring back. You had some kind of, like, remixed versions or al- alternate versions of uh, the other guns. So you had, like, the Striker 45. ...which was similar to like the UMP-45... ...and obviously you got your classic guns... ...like your AK-47 RPG... ...those sorts of things... ...so they'll probably make a return and that kind of stuff... Um, ...but as I kind of said on Twitter... ...and this may not be a good thing to do... ...my expectations for this game are very, very high... Um, ...because I have trust in Infinity Ward... ...I think... ...I mean, barring Modern Warfare 3... ...which had a couple of issues... Um, ...and it was probably the weakest of the four Modern Warfare games... Um, Modern Warfare 3 still stands above, like, the likes of some of the Black Ops games. Certainly, you know, the Infinite Warfare, Advanced Warfare, which is when they tried to turn COD into Titanfall, and it didn't work at all. It had, like, I think, like, jetpacks and wall running and all that type of stuff. Uh, so that, that, those, those games didn't work out so well. But, um, I fully trust Infinity Ward, and I think what they've got potentially set up for this game is is going to be really quite fantastic, so we'll we'll have to see. I could be wrong about that. If I am wrong and this game turns out to be bad or not so great, I will tell you that on the episodes when I go to play this game. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to the you know, first gameplay video that we get, multiplayer video, um, any bits of news about maps and stuff, any pictures of new maps maybe. Um, we don't really need like a campaign trailer per se, because we kind of know what the campaign is going to be about, because they very clearly laid it out at the end of the uh, 19 game. Um... But yeah, we'll see what they uh, we'll see what they come out with with this. My only worry is that Activision's going to get in the way of this because, as we've seen, what was it last week? We talked about the uh, Vicarious Visions being moved, and we talked before about Toys for Bob's be- Toys for Bob being moved. Now, I don't think that they'll move Infinity Ward to something else, but and I don't, I don't think that's the way that they could mess about with Infinity Ward. But I think Activision will do something stupid during this game's two year time period. I just don't quite know what that's going to be yet. So, yeah. Um, Any thoughts yourself on uh, this news, Robert? Uh,
1: Well, I'm not a shooter. I don't really play in that world. I know you're super excited for it. I mean, that much is obvious. And all we can really do is just hope that it's a good game and hope that it doesn't suck.
0: Certainly, yeah. yeah. I mean, back in probably the summer of 2019, whenever the beta was, um, I remember they said, you know, Modern Warfare is coming back. And COD had been kind of on this downward trajectory because of, like... They had these games like uh, Call of Duty Ghosts, Infinite Warfare, Advanced Warfare, Black Ops 4... And they're all just... It was a string of just not very good games. So I think they knew that Modern Warfare was due for a comeback. Um, And then they put this 2v2 beta out, which, again, is not really my type of, like, game mode. But it was a way to get back in on on the franchise. And even from, like... I remember my first game... In that 2v2, I think it was an alpha or a beta, I can't quite remember. Uh, it was a long time ago. Um, even from then, I was like, I think this game's on, on the comeback. You know, I think this this series is on the comeback. And uh started playing more and more of those matches. And then the game came out, and I just have, uh, have loved it ever since. Has it been on a rocky road at some points? Yeah, certainly. But again, um, I think that's because of the way Activision kind of messed up with, with COD the last two years specifically. Um, with this, like, weird integration menu thing with, with Cold War and with, uh, with Vanguard and how they sort of, like, prioritised Warzone and stuff, so, yeah, but, um, it'll be a good refresher for the Modern Warfare series again to, uh, to come back, to come out with this game, so we'll see what goes on. Um, of course, any time we get any, uh, gameplay videos and stuff, I'm gonna be, uh, keeping an eye out for that. There's quite a lot of, like, Call of Duty accounts I followed this week on, on Twitter, so I can really keep up to date with, the. Uh, with the news so I'm looking forward to seeing some stuff this week. And I also went and followed Infinity Ward on Twitter which I didn't know I wasn't doing. But I am now. So there we go. Uh, so good stuff all around over there. Um, we only have a logo right now but I'm still excited. So there we go. Um, over on the other side of uh some good news but with a bit of an asterisk next to it. So Dying Light 2 this week came out with a patch. And I read through the patch notes and stuff. And I thought, okay, this sounds good. There's a lot of co-op stuff that they're adding, which if you're into that, then that's that's there for you, I suppose. And then, because I, I... I don't know if I spoke about it on this episode, but I mentioned it in my review, where I basically had a game-breaking glitch that stopped me progressing through the game. There was a lot of times that kept coming up that um I would have to open a door to go through to a different area to do something, or just to open a door to do something. And I would keep getting this uh thing coming up on the door and it said you can't open it enemies nearby um and it happened like four five six times happened loads of times and then there was one occasion where it happened and no matter what i did restart my ps5 reboot the game reload the save you know all that kind of thing um i even killed my character so i would respawn and then you know go from there at one point it just got so stuck that i couldn't do anything with it And so I I put Dying Light 2 back on my rental list. I got it sent back to me. I installed it. And then I played about literally a couple of minutes of the game. Now, the point that I got stuck at last was a point where I couldn't open the door because it said enemies nearby. And I had a good search around the area. There was no enemies there. It was just a glitch. So I went back and played that part and it let me open the door. But then I thought to myself the same thing that I thought when I was doing the review. Which was, okay, if I play like another four or five hours of this game, three, four, five hours of this game, you know, a good chunk of time, and it happens again, what do I do then? And just for me at this point, like, you know, I I really like the first game. I I do like this second game. It's just this particular glitch that's really, um, really bad. But I just thought, I can't really trust that the game's not going to do that to me again you know, if I put another three, four, five hours in and I'm, like, having a good time and everything, which I was before, I was having a great time with the game, but I, it just kept stopping me open doors because the game said that there was enemies nearby where the, when there wasn't. So I went back in and, yeah, the doors like w- opened and that, and I kind of progressed a little bit, but then I thought, I just don't know that I can trust putting my time into this because I, th- I feel like it's just going to happen again at some point. So I don't think I can go back to that game just of kind of a... Out of a lack of trust for that particular glitch. Um, now, it didn't say specifically in the patch notes if that had been fixed. I did have a look through all of them, unless I missed that patch note. And I don't know if that was something that was like, you know, when there's a particular one particular issue with the game, it gets reported by loads of people, and, you know, a dev goes and addresses a particular issue. I hadn't seen a lot of people mention that that was an issue for them. So it could have just been me, maybe it was a small amount of people, or. Maybe I hadn't seen that type of discussion. But um, Robert, what do you think of that kind of glitch and everything? And what do you think of Dying Light 2 getting a patch, I suppose?
1: Uh, Well, I'm glad they're patching it. Nothing infuriates me more than when a game glitch doesn't go unsolved. That's the reason why I uninstalled Skyrim because even though it's over 10 years old they still haven't fixed that companion disappearing and never coming back glitch. Hmm. it's a giant pain in the butt. Um, But yeah, it's it sucks that it happened. I mean, I, glitches happen to everybody. It can't be um, undone. Yeah. I mean, it's, at least we we are we're in an era now to where uh, uh, bugs and glitches can be fixed. I mean, if you think back to the console days, if it was bugged, it was bugged. That's nothing about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: because the game's out there in the wild. So, um, but even if the
0: the thing is for me with the trust side of it, even if the patch notes specifically said fix this glitch with the door. I would still have it in the back of my mind, like, what about if I play another three, four, five hours of this game and it happens again, you know, and then my, the, the fun that I had with the game is halted, my progress is halted, and what do I do about that, so, um, I'm just not gonna go back to it, unfortunately, which, it, which is a shame, because I, in terms of the actual game, I mean, the story was kind of meh, whatever, um, but, again, the, the first one kind of was, but, there was a lot of great effort put into like, the combat, and you know it was a really, really fun game to play. I just sometimes couldn't open a door, apparently. So, yeah, um, it's, a, it's a shame. But for those that, that played the game and it worked for them, uh, there's some new stuff, it seems, as well, that they've actually added to the game. So you can check that out. And if you've got somebody to play the game with, apparently they added a whole bunch of co-op stuff, which I didn't look fully into, but that's out there as well. So... Um, let's move on to the next thing. Uh, speaking of um, updates and accessibility and difficulty and stuff, uh, there, was a th- there was a lot of discussion when Sifu came out about the game's difficulty, and again the conversation came up of oh you have to just get good, um, but that's not always the way that some people you know want to play their games, or you know it's not always the best approach to telling somebody to you know just to get better at the game. Um, but uh through uh apparently on tuesday they they were tweeting last week that they said that next week they were going to have an update and then they tweeted specifically for tuesday um which would be for the 3rd of may coming up um that they're going to add difficulty options now they did tweet about this 2 3 weeks ago um when they were saying hey we understand kind of players are having a bit of difficulty with it and you know it's it, it it's what that is um, but I'm glad that they're doing this because to, to me, I mean, I was going to do a, a, an accessibility podcast at some point. I didn't get around to it and uh, I, I may just do it at some point later. Um, Yeah, I, I suppose some of this again comes from the Soulsborne, some people in the Soulsborne community where it's like, hey, you shouldn't really be able to play like Elden Ring on easy mode because it's meant to be difficult. And I understand a game has an intent to have a challenge, like, hey, we want you to figure out. We want you to figure out how to play this game so that you can get better at it, and then you can progress further. But, and again, like, some people don't want to play games that way. Some people, you know, do need accessibility options and and that type of stuff, which I think is again is very important. And this goes beyond kind of just like. Hey, do you have subtitles and a colorblind mode and all this kind of stuff? Those are what I would consider normal accessibility options. Um, But some people just want to have more fun with games. Um, And I was kind of thinking like, okay, because I remember when I went back to Sifu, I think I mentioned it on the the podcast. When I went back to Sifu and I was kind of kicking ass a bit more than I was expecting to. And I was like, okay, did I randomly get better at this game? Or did this game get easier? Or did they add the patch for the difficulty and I wasn't aware? Um, I was a bit confused as to why I was doing better on the game. Um, So yeah, when they add this, I might just go in and just have fun with it. Put it on easy mode. um, And just have fun kicking some ass. Because why shouldn't, not just me, but why shouldn't others be able to do that? And I was kind of thinking if I can do like a speedrun type of thing... I guess I could stream like a fun kind of. Let's just you know stick a stream on, kick some ass maybe. I don't know if how how easy an easy mode would be, necessarily. Um, but because some things in that game, some mechanics in that game, were a little ridiculous at times. There was there's a particular mechanic in the game, where an enemy would go to. I think it was specifically with a grab move, a, a grab um move, where an enemy would go to grab you. I think they would have like red signals above their head. To tell you that they were going to do it. And then you would specifically have to hold. I think it was triangle. And hold back on the left stick. But the animation was a little bit off with it. Where like by the time you'd seen the red thing come up. Like a split second later they would grab you. And it's like okay you've put the mechanic in. And you're you're telling me what I'm supposed to do. But you've got to give like. Bit more of a better window, so maybe like an easy mode to clean up that kind of stuff, and you could feel you know better about beating those sorts of enemies. Um, that that was the one specific mechanic in the game I came across. Where I was like, okay, this feels a little bit in imbalance. In like there was other things where, um, you could like an enemy would throw like a bottle at you or something, and you could unlock a thing where you could catch it midair. And at certain points, an enemy would throw a bottle at me, and I think, "Oh yeah, I didn't remember to, I didn't remember to do the whole like catch the bottle mid air." But that would be on me because I've forgotten to do that mechanic. Um, but yeah, the red signal above the head thing just it just didn't really quite work, and certain other things didn't. So you know, if if you wanted to have more fun with Sifu and you wanted to go in and have a bit more of an easier mode, uh, that's going to be an option for you coming up um, this week. So, uh, Robert, would you what do you make of that?
1: Seafo is a game that I need to get around to play. I just never mm-hmm. had the chance to. Um, I want to play it like on its best setting, and I don't have a PS Five, and it's not on Steam. It's on. I think it's either Epic or Origin. Doesn't matter. I'm not installing either one of those garbage platforms on my computer.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Origins for a while was actually littered with spyware. I don't know about Epic, but I know I remember this was. Like a year or so before we started podcasting together, Origins was getting in a lot of trouble because their launcher had like a ton of spyware in it. Um, So I refused to have that anywhere near my computer. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd just sooner firebomb my computer than put it on there. (laughs) Um, So it's a game that I'll play at some point, just not now. Um, Okay. Do you think it'll come to Xbox at some point? Probably not. Um, It might come to Steam, and if it does come to Steam, I'll have to take a look at it. Um, but I don't know. hmm
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh, but yeah, for those of you that wanted to have a more fun or easier time, whichever one you wanted to approach it with, with Sifu, uh, it looks like you can do that on Tuesday and I'll be trying to do the same thing. So, we see where that goes. Uh, let's move on to the comedy part of the episode. Um, nothing specifically funny happened, but this is, I guess, funny in of itself. Um, so on, I think it was on Friday, I was at work at the time, sent you a screenshot of the games with gold and I think you said to me specifically in our chat that they're not trying at this point. Um so let's go through and I-, I think we need to have a bit uh, like yeah anyway let's go through what what they've got here. So on the Xbox one side of games again you get uh, so you get four games obviously in total. May 1st to 31st actually I'm not going to bother reading out the dates. Uh Yoku's Island Express and then there's a game called uh The Inner World The Last Mind Moons. Uh, I think that's the last Wind Monk. Yeah, that's what that says. Yeah. Uh, The Inner World, the last uh, Wind Monk. Uh, So there's that one. And then Hydro Thunder Hurricane. And then Viva Piñata Party Animals. It seems to me what they're trying to do every month, if they are specifically trying a particular tactic, is give like one... Noteworthy game. So to me the one that sticks out is Viva Piñata. That's the one that's like more known. Because when I was reading through a couple of comments and stuff. Everyone everyone was sort of like. You know. Oh yeah Viva Piñata. And there's a bit of nostalgia there. But nobody else was really talking about the other games. That were there. And because I remember like a couple of months ago. They had like. uh, a Lego Batman game. And then they had three other just random games. And some people may. Somebody made a point as well. And said. Is this Xbox trying to highlight certain indies? I don't think that's the case really either. Because they've got a whole idea Xbox thing. And they should be using that for that. But to me this what it seems like they're doing to try and make this have any level of appeal. Is pick out one game that's not specifically good. But one game that's got a name to it. Like a, you know Lego Batman or Aviva Piñata. Um, a name that people will recognize and be like, oh, that's the that's the attractive one this month. But then the other three are just random kind of games. Uh, so what do you make of that month for me? Uh, well,
1: I... oh. um, to say I think uh, Microsoft is smoking something would be an understatement, uh, but it's no less weird than the actual games themselves. The description for Yoku Island Express is that you play a dung beetle who arrives to a relaxing tropical island to become the new courier. Unfortunately, things don't go as planned, and you have to save the day. And it describes the game playing as marrying pinball with Metroidvania. Right. Uh, the, the Last Wind Monk is a point-and-click adventure um, led by the Flute Nose Dynasty. Um, so, yeah, they're high on something. Um, <laughs> Viva Pinata, most people already have that game because, um, they gave it away for free like three times. Um, I actually have it, it shows up twice in my, uh, game catalog. Right. So I'm not quite sure that, how that happened because I, I got it once as a promotion for watching uh, an, an E3 on Mixer, and then I got it oh, again right. as part of like a rare promotion. So it actually shows up twice in my catalog. Mm hmm. Yeah.
0: Um, it's going to be really, really interesting because when you look at Xbox and PlayStation now I don't mean PlayStation now, I just mean when you look at Xbox and PlayStation Correctly. and yeah and when, when you um, when you look at the fact that Sony in what like next month basically is going to be combining plus and now but with uh, different tiers so you can choose different options which you can still go and separately get game pass or games with gold i think you can still do that but obviously the recommendation that comes up is that you get ultimate me personally when i look at what the um is it called uh, it's a premium i think that the highest tier that playstation is going to have when i look at that and see okay you haven't you're not going to have like god of war day one on playstation and that kind of stuff doesn't really bother me if i look at the value of ps plus and PlayStation Now and them offering these these retro games like the PS1 and 2 games and then I look at um, Ultimate and obviously you know Plus um, Premium isn't here yet we can't really judge what it's going to fully be like because we haven't, nobody's got it yet But when I look at Ultimate, and it's like, okay, Game Pass does have obviously a lot of the appeal. It's got, you know, the backwards compatible games, both Xbox and 360, and obviously Xbox One category of games. Uh, You've got your exclusives on there. You've got the Day One games, so when Halo Infinite comes out, or Hellblade, or when Starfield probably comes out and stuff. Or some point later with the Bethesda games when they clear all that up. Um, One day it will do that with the Activision games. That does have a lot of value. But when you're literally talking about one service that's got two things combined and another service that's got two things combined. Yes, Game Pass has a lot of value, but Games with Gold doesn't, to me, anymore. So when I look at PS Plus and think, okay, you're not offering games that are always my cup of tea with PlayStation Plus. I mean, you had like the Spongebob game, if you're into Spongebob, that's there, whatever. But their offerings, even though they've got half the offerings each month, those have been arguably more consistently better And you're going to turn PlayStation now into basically... Game Pass without Day 1 games, but with the classic games. Which those games, those PS1 and 2 games, are more appealing to me... Than the Xbox, original, and 360 games. So at the moment, the way I'm looking at... Ultimate and um, Plus Premium... To me, personally, there's a lot more value in Plus Premium. Because not only are you offering the better games each month but what you're doing with your classic games which arguably I, ju- I prefer those sets of games is better but the thing that is weighing down the Xbox side with the Game Pass ultimate is these games with gold because that innovates I mean you've got things like yeah discounts and your online stuff and all that sort of thing that's just kind of standard but the thing that's weighing that side down is these games with gold um and they've been doing this for a long long time now um what a year 18 months maybe going on two years roughly mm, it's, it's, it's been a it's been a long time since we've had this going on and we have stopped kind of mentioning you know plus and games with gold every single month we sort of do it when it comes up or whatever um because there has been a couple of times where games with gold has come up and i've seen it and i thought oh should i put that in the news for the show and i'm like nah we've got like other more important kind of things to <laughs> to talk about. Um or maybe we'd have a bit more of like a busy news show and we would news section and um there's just other things that are more interesting to talk about but uh how are how are you kind of looking at both sides of things with like the value and stuff
1: uh well on the play, on the uh, xbox side it's like i said in the chat they're just not even trying anymore um they're they're clearly focused on ultimate and game pass which is fine um it definitely does work for them uh, PlayStation I mean they're clearly coming up the rear in terms of you know they're not offering as much they're not offering as much value they're not offering um, anything like day one this or day one that um, so it's more of an afterthought mm. to be honest with both um, services you're really just paying for the online access right
0: right. but yeah just, just just in terms of the free games which is the thing that I'm trying to touch on here um, PlayStation seems to be going more for quality, but Xbox is going for quantity. I was saying, yeah, we've got four and they've got two, but what we're offering, we've really only got the one game that you're going to pay attention to. So that, that to me, diminishes its its value personally. So uh, Anyway, aside from that, uh, you've got some Xbox news to talk about on your side. What is that related to?
1: Uh, well, first up, uh, they've officially announced the Summer Game Showcase for Xbox and Bethesda. We knew they would be doing one because E3 was officially canceled for 2022. They're not going to do anything, but Microsoft always does its summer event anyway. So we have a date and time, and it's surprisingly reasonable and easy for everyone to see. It is June 12th. It will be 10 a.m. Pacific time, which puts it at 1 p.m. my time, which puts it at 6 p.m. your time. So it's going to be really easy to keep track of. What, what, um, in fact, we'll, that, sorry? June 12th, which is a Sunday, I believe. Okay, okay. Let me double check. Yes, June 12th is a Sunday. Okay. So the oh. official announcement, um, Xbox and Bethesda Game Showcase will stream globally in 30 languages on June 12th. Save the date and please join for a showcase of games from Xbox Game Studio, Bethesda, and our partners around the world. Um, the logo that they have for it makes the xbox logo look like a planet with the sun flare um coming out from behind it so you can probably be safe to expect a lot of starfield news they've been doing the weekly uh uh, developer videos and they just released one that concentrated on the music of starfield so it looked really really cool um yeah i mean i'm still interested in the game we just have to see kind of what it is and where we're going to go from there
0: yeah um so I saw this uh you know posted on Twitter, and you sent me a, th- a thing of it, so I knew we'd be talking about it on the show um It keeps being discussed of like what what is gonna be xbox's year, um both in terms of game releases and what good games actually come out, and in terms of you know their big because uh, they do like two or three of these a year, um uh, see they have their big one for June, which is this one that we're talking about. Uh, which is kind of looked at as their big like as you said, game showcase, which is called um they've got a lot of development teams on them at the moment. they've acquired a lot of studios, they've got like Ninja theory and Obsidia and all the other ones that they've got. obviously, the ink hasn't dried yet on the Activision deal, so I'm not expecting to see you know loads of stuff from that yet, but there's the deal still kinda of, you know the ink's dried, but we're still waiting for things to kind of happen with that. Uh, Starfield arguably is going to be the f- the, the first of those big games, um, hopefully coming out. But aside from that, um, if you've got 20 plus studios, I don't know the exact... I think it was 23 when they acquired, uh, before they acquired Bethesda. So it would be, it'd be a few more at this point that they've got. Um, if you do or don't want to include the Activision ones, which I guess you technically do, but not quite yet. So anyway... Um, I think they've really got to go big or go home this year because I don't think that they've done that last couple of shows, um, and because yeah, you know, Gears of War a little bit too early, Halo's just come out, so what can you do about those? Obviously, you've got like your Forza that you can show off possibly as well, um, but it's time to see some. I think it's just time to see some new blockbuster ip stuff from from uh from microsoft um yeah because because a lot of the games that they've been announcing in the last couple of years have been and i've not got any problem with like art style type of games you know ori was great and they got some other ones there but in the last couple of shows they've been announcing games that have been more art style type of things than um you know, like a new Gears of War, a new Halo type of thing. Like something really big and blockbuster that they've got. And um, I'm going to be quite critical probably of that st- of whatever they show of Starfield. Um, and I-, I know some people might be kind of tired of me saying this type of thing but by this point. If they just come out with a Starfield presentation and it's all just about how good it looks, then I'm going to... Mentioned that on 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 the show. I want to see some gameplay. I want to see what weapons you can use in this game. I want to see, you know, some interesting animations. I want to see, you know, what what type of ships can you get in in this game? What can you do with those? Where can you fly to? I want to know about what you can do in this game. What weapons you can use? What stuff can you you know? Is there like other things that you can use for your attacks and everything? And what is you know what is this game? Um. I'm gonna be very because Starfield is probably gonna be the highlight here. I, I would imagine, obviously, as the game's supposed to be coming out in in November, so this is their big chance to really show that game off. Um, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, what was you about to say a minute ago?
1: Oh, I said yeah, I do expect to see a lot of gameplay because this is in June and the game comes out in November, so they gotta start the hype train up. This is also Bethesda's first new IP in like twenty years. Mm-hmm. So they got a lot of writing on it as well. Um, you, yeah. they're, If you want to see some of the stuff, I mean, like I said, they are releasing like the little developer diaries on YouTube, and they are kind of fleshing that out. Obviously, they're not showing, oh, here's all the guns you can have, and here's this and that, but they are explaining some stuff. They did talk about the factions that you're going to be able to interact with. Uh, they did explain the robot that you see in the trailer is mm-hmm. basically your uh, carry companion. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So we'll have... I'm sure we'll get a lot of stuff. Hopefully we'll get more than just Starfield. Like, I, I really want an update on City of Decay 3. I'm very curious as to Me what's too. happening yeah. with that. Um, maybe some new IP announcements, something, you know, shaken up. Oh, one more thing kind of a deal. Mm. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, So what I would want to see overall, um, I want to see another look at Hellblade. I'd like a date for Hellblade as well, because that's been been a minute since then uh starfield i want that to really impress me starfield should be their best showing in in this showcase that's going to be the thing that people are going to be keeping an eye out for because hellblade i understand you know hellblade wasn't for everybody i really liked it it's not for everybody though so that won't be the highlight but i want it to be one of it's going to be one of my highlights i suppose is what i'm trying to say uh stay at the k3 like you said yeah we, we got like a teaser video ages ago and we haven't had anything really since then so i want to see some more of that um, I want to see. I, I would say maybe two to three. Maybe three is a bit too much. Two blockbuster IP games, because there's been a discussion around Xbox for a long, long, long time about Gears, Halo, Forza, and how long can you keep relying on those franchises? I think Gears four and five did a lot to continue the legacy of Gears, and I think Gears five is maybe one of the best games in that franchise. Um, and if they announce a Gears of War six, I'll be very happy about that. Um, I wouldn't expect like full gameplay demo and, and like you know uh, a date and stuff, but a, a teaser to let me know it's on the way. I'd, I'd be I'd be fine with that. Um, I wouldn't expect like a full trailer or a gameplay demo or something. If it just said like Gears of War six twenty twenty four or three or something, I'd be happy with that. Um, but I want to see something new and big that they can do as well because you've, you've got a lot of development teams a lot of a lot of studios a lot of development teams and i want to see what they've all been up to um mm-hmm. so yeah th- this is because we're now at that point right where the xbox series x and ps5 have been out what 18 months at this point almost or well, by that point it'd be about 18 months yeah it's now time to start showing okay what can these two systems really do um, and I think PS5 was already shown some of that, you know, I didn't quite get on Returnal and stuff, but Returnal showed what that console can do, Ratchet and Clank did Horizon did as well, even though that was like a cross-gen PS4 thing so Sony to me has already shown like okay, this is what some, e- even their like, you know, tech demo Astro Bot that was like, hey, this is what we can do with this console um, so that was really great and obviously you got the sense advantage there as well, so yeah, it's time for Microsoft to come out big and uh yeah, we'll, we'll see what they've got in uh in June. Is there anything else particularly you like to see apart from State of the K three?
1: Um to be honest, like I like like you said, exactly. Something big look it up, it's after the Bethesda purchase it's twenty three studios. Um so something I haven't seen before, something that'll just make me go, Wow, I have to play that right this second.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I, I agree. So um, like I said, I don't expect, like, Crash Bandicoot 5 here or something, you know. Uh, yeah. Activision have got their own mess to sort out, and um, they got to figure out which 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 dev teams they've got working on which franchises as well. So, um, But no, not expecting anything Activision here. Maybe expecting a few Bethesda things. Again, it's still a little bit early for that, but you can still show some stuff. Because um, it'd be interesting to see, right, if they say, hey, you're excited for Starfield. We're going to show you what that game's all about. You're going to be impressed. But keep in mind, after Starfield comes out, this is the next Bethesda game that you're going to be looking forward to. Um, I think they need to maybe do something like that. So, we shall see. Um, do you think they'll mention games with gold at all? Any changes to games with gold? Probably or? not. Nah, it's, it's it's weird the way that's been treated. So, we shall see. Anyway, uh, what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Well, staying with Bethesda... Um... In 2016, Bethesda had its own launcher, and in Mm -hmm. 10 days, that launcher will be dead. Um, But don't worry if you did purchase anything um, through Bethesda Games. All you have to do is go to Bethesda's site, and there's a a post-up on how to transfer any games. Basically, Mm -hmm. you'll just link your Steam account to your Bethesda account, and then it'll have an automated transfer process. Uh, now, you can do this after May 11th when the launcher no longer works. It's just that the launcher will no longer work. Um, I haven't purchased any games through the Bethesda uh, launcher, so it's not anything I have to worry about, but I know some people did, and so it's just one of those things. You just make sure you get access to the games you pay for.
0: Mm hmm, certainly. Um, yeah, I've never Googled Bethesda launcher, I've never opened it, I've never downloaded it, I've never done anything with it myself. It was
1: required when Fallout Four came out, um, in order to play Fallout Four on a PC, so
0: Ah, okay. Okay. Did play that game, but that was on uh Xbox Xbox at the time. So Mm. Um Yeah, some of these things die off and, you know, sometimes, you know, like with Stadia, things come and they go. Um it's all part of the way the industry works, I suppose. So But I don't think anybody's going to massively miss it Again if, you know, like Robert said Go and uh, claim your games or whatever you need to do If you're doing that Um, But personally over the I mean you said, yeah, 2016 Wow, that's a long time Um, Six years, isn't it? Yeah Um, Mm -hmm. I don't recall too many people Mentioning that they've Interacted with this thing In any way, shape or form So, uh, yeah, this was news to me And uh, we'll see what people Do about that, so yeah, and you don't. to be honest, you don't really need one either. A Bethesda, like a specific Bethesda app. I mean, Game Pass is going to be able to really do that in the future, I suppose. So, yeah, um, but it is what it is, and uh, hopefully we get some good games from Bethesda in the future. So, uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Well, from the desk of this is just stupid, um, every time I think about maybe getting started with Twitch. They just give me another reason not to do it. Um, so Bloomberg has a report out about some leaked sources talking about there's going to be some massive changes with Twitch. Uh, first off, it's not a leak. It's something that actually pops up on my Twitch page. When I go there, for some reason, they're getting rid of the online friend list because uh, reasons. And now the report's coming out that they're considering paying, uh, cutting pay for its highest paid partners, uh, reducing their revenue cut for subscriptions from 7 percent to 50%. Um, they also are planning on introducing various tiers of partnerships with different rates and requirements. Uh, but this is not confirmed. Obviously, this is just a, linked, a, a leaked thing. But this comes alongside harder pushes for ads on the site, with Twitch incentivizing streamers to run more adverts by offering $100 for running two, min- two minutes worth of ads per hour. With proposals in place to create a new revenue streaming revenue sharing model for the ads. This is also in addition to where you can have the ad running without knowledge and being subbed to a person, to where your, the screen will shrink and there'll just be a little ticker bar with the ad underneath it. I don't know if this is something the streamer's control or if it just kicks through with Twitch, um, but it is also a thing and it is also very annoying.
0: Hmm. So there money hungry basically yep yeah
1: which is ironic considering twitch is owned by amazon and amazon has more money than god
0: <laughs> yeah yeah Amazon. Like they literally to... make oh yeah, they make gone. so
1: much money with their web services for their servers that they could go broke 20 times over and still being profitable
0: mm-hmm. there's a
1: reason why the stock is almost three thousand dollars a share
0: yeah amazon have got uh they they got a few quid, I suppose. Um yeah, and like you said, obviously Twitch is uh, you know linked to Amazon and all that, so um Oh, it
1: looks like uh Twitch was also affected by the massive online cratering that happened with Netflix and a couple other stocks. Um they lost fourteen percent of their market share, so their stock is only two thousand four hundred and eighty five dollars right now. So
0: hmm. oh. yeah,
1: so it's it's a discount, but still that's like that's almost 15% of a crash in the last two days. Mm. Right. I don't know if you uh, saw that with uh, Netflix. Their stock dropped like 37% overnight.
0: That that was what we talked about on the uh, Netflix situation yeah. episode. So uh, that and like their shows and all that type of stuff. So uh, yeah, it sucks when corporations feel the need to be greedy. It's one of the more annoying things in the world. You know, you've got some, some people that are way too rich and don't know what to do with their money. And there's some people that are living, you know, paycheck to paycheck. So uh, it's an imbalance in the world. There's not much we can particularly do about it. But uh, Twitch could be better about this situation. Um, I remember uh, somebody, I don't remember which Twitter thread I found this in, but I found some Twitter thread where somebody was mentioning something to do with this. And the Fan House uh, account replied to it. I saw the tweet because somebody that I either follow or whatever retweeted some other tweet. That's how it popped up in my feed. But the fan house uh, account replied and said, Hey, we still give creators uh, 90% of their uh, you know income kind of thing. So kind of firing back a bit. So there's that as well. Um, but no, it's just corporations being corporations. And um, I have to see how this all plays out. For me at Twitch at the moment, it's literally a case of putting a stream on trying to talk and be as entertaining as i can or reacting to things that are happening and trying to just get people watching at the moment that's that's basically just what i'm trying to do so
1: yeah this is what happens when you don't have competition when it comes to online streaming yep. let's be honest they don't really have competition i mean there's facebook and youtube but it doesn't nearly do the numbers
0: no nah, it's, it's really just twitch and youtube that are doing yep. most of this um because facebook does have like a video section but it's all just random stuff yeah and
1: they have facebook gaming and i never see it it never gets pumped up anywhere Uh, and any streamer uh, that i know that jumped from twitch to facebook jumped back to twitch as soon as their uh, contract was up (laughs) yeah so there you go all right what else do you want to talk about today uh well the last thing i have is we're unfortunately staying in the the realm of corporations being greedy sony announced um, that they are delisting several of their games, the digital versions for Sonic games. So, in the original remastered Sonic Collection, Sonic Origin collections, which covers Sonic 1, Sonic 2, Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and Sonic CD, uh, those are going to get delisted on May 20th, so that they can sell you the Sonic Origins for $45 a month later.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is actually a, a package that I'm interested in. You know, I've seen the two Sonic films. Uh second one I thought was really good. I uh, still had its, you know, I- issues and things, but I still thought it was really good. Um, and I'm curious about, like, you know, there's dozens and dozens of Sonic games. Some of them 3D, some of them 2D. And I haven't been exactly sure where to start, but I found out about this collection. And n- knew that it had, like, the classic game. So I thought, hey, I could maybe, you know... Step into that and see what's going on. Because I, I don't even know if I want to play a, the 2D or the 3D. I'm not even really sure. So I'll probably try with the the first ones first. Um, But no, they did this with the GTA as well. When they came out with the remastered, uh, the, the definitive edition, which had its own issues. Um, And they took off, Um, I'm not sure if it was all three games. Because um, I'm not sure if all three were actually available. But San Andreas was available in the PS2 Classic section. Um, San Andreas was available there. Um, then I think they added... I think it was Vice City to PlayStation Now. It was very weird. It was a very weird way to to do it all. But yeah, they did that. Um, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a good look. It's not a great thing to be doing. Um, Xbox doesn't do this as far as I'm aware. Um, Nintendo's obviously their own weird kind of thing. So. I mean,
1: occasionally games will get delisted. Yeah, occasionally games will get delisted, but it's usually because... There's like a license involved for right. music or something like that and it didn't get renewed so I mean that's unavoidable but it is what it is um so yeah yeah
0: uh anyway where, where are you at with kind of sonic and stuff
1: I mean I remember the games that was kind of my era of mm-hmm. games going up growing up um I never owned a Sega console I mean that was you think the uh, PlayStation and the Xbox console wars were bad you should have seen like the the nintendo versus uh sega back in that day that was that was some brutal shit there so
0: (laughs) yeah yeah uh so
1: we'll see what happens with this
0: and uh yeah we'll see what happens with the game and everything um but again there's not too much we can do but uh we'll see what happens uh said that's all you got to talk about yep Cool, alright, let's get some emails and feedback and whatnot. If you would like to write into the show, let us know what you think of anything we've discussed or anything that you would like to discuss, either let us know what games you're playing, how that's all going, you know, video game chat, that type of stuff. So write in, let us know what you think. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org, uh, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's contact page information in your show notes. There's also a big email box on the website version of the episode. You can scroll down a little bit and uh, you'll see that there. You can fill that out, which is a lot of you use. And the clickable email name. Ben writes in. And says I've been listening for a while. And I love the podcast. Thanks very much. Uh, In no particular order. Could you name me 10 top tier games. That you think changed or affected. The industry. So you said top tier games. So you're not. You're not talking about like. Bad games like. uh, How No Man's Sky launched. Or how Cyberpunk launched. Or what happened with Fallout 76. Or You know how Bubsy 3D is a really bad game Uh, because you said top tier games here. Uh, Could I name 10? So not just 10 of my favourite games but 10 games that affected the industry. Um, I've got some already that I'm going to name while you think of some of yours Robert. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2 is a big one. Um, The most notable thing from that game was the encounter system in there as well as just you know being a generally really good game for lots of other different reasons the thing that sticks out about that to me is the encounter system um and what i mean by that is when you're out in the wild wild west um random npcs will come up to you and they might threaten you um and there are dozens of different ways that can play out sometimes it will be two police officers that are in horse and carriage and uh the person that's in the prisoner cage thing will plead with you to let them out because they did or didn't kill their person in their life um and that can play out in a dozen different ways so i think that's a really um get game that uh you know affected the the industry uh last of us 2 is definitely one of them not just because of the discussion around the game but again i feel that game took what the first one did it evolved it gave it new ideas gave it an ambitious you could argue risky story if that's the way that you want to want to phrase that. Some people did and some people very much disagreed with that story to the point of sending the devs death threats and whatnot, which obviously is not a nice thing. Uh something that we don't tolerate, but uh that was one that changed the industry. Um other games uh I mean you could argue about like uh motion control games, so like VR games, you could argue about games on the Wii, you know, Wii Sports, how that kinda changed things as well. Um uh, I was going to say some of the sports games. But I don't know that they've evolved as much as I've wanted them to. So I won't say those ones. I don't know if I can name 10 specifically. But uh, those are some of the ones that come to mind. Um, Some of the Crash Bandicoot games. You know, Crash Bandicoot 4. Really, I think with Crash Bandicoot 4 that really took a look at what 3 did. And said, let's keep the core of what this game does. But add like different boxes and new masks and different characters and like wall running and things that made sense to be in that game or or like rail grinding which is obviously a bit inspired by like Ratchet and Clank uh so that was really good um I'd say Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart again that took what the previous games did and said like hey let's add like multi-dimensional stuff and rifts and you know uh this mechanic where not only can you go through rifts to get through different levels um but you can pull yourself towards certain rifts to get away from enemies and how that kind of changed that and stuff uh those are some of the examples off the top of my head what have you uh got robert for those
1: well definitely are for the nes i mean the if you look back in history in 83 the home console and gaming market completely cratered out it died mm-hmm. and that game and that game console basically relaunched the industry um so definitely that one uh definitely halo um, because it was the marquee launch title for the original Xbox. And if that game had failed, I don't know if Microsoft would have stayed in the gaming space. It also kind of legitimized shooters on a console because that really wasn't a thing at the time. It also legitimized um, Microsoft's plan to network everything because that, that console did come in with a network port um, built in yeah, and online matchmaking and all that stuff how they codified that down and basically unified it under one platform for the console because until then, online gaming was kind of a a, a crapshoot depending on who, what, when, where, and why. Mm. So that definitely would be up there in terms of industry changers. Um, those are the really only two that I can think of off the top of my head in terms of like really affected the industry. I mean, there's always been great games and there's always been games that have just completely blown away anyone's expectations i remember a year or so ago when we talked about valheim selling six million copies in a week from a in from a developer that nobody's ever heard of for a game that nobody's ever heard of and then everybody started playing it at the same time Mm -hmm. they've done some updates i need to get back into that game um
0: cool yeah one one that's quite a big deal to me uh it's the switch um now, I don't play it as much as I should. Um, the problem with that is I'm not fully into Nintendo's whole Nintendo's whole um, library. Now, if obviously, if I was an Animal Crossing player, obviously, I'd be playing that game regularly and I'd be using my Switch all the time. But I remember watching that trailer for the Switch, which that that's a brilliant, brilliant trailer for a game console or for a hybrid, ta- whatever you want to call it. Um, and, you know, the Wii U came out. It was a disaster. And... I remember they kind of said. They put this trailer out. And everyone was like. This is actually really good. But the thing that really struck me about that trailer. At the time. I was like. Oh it's another handheld thing from Nintendo. Like I wasn't into the. I had like a Game Boy and stuff. And I used to play that. When I used to go on travels and stuff. But uh, I was never really like a 3DS player. Or a 2DS. You know. And those kind of consoles. I never really played any of those. Um, but. I remember when they showed in the video, like, no, you can put this thing into a dock and connect it to your TV, and we'd never really quite seen that done in that way before, and like, hey, you can just slot this thing in, take the Joy-Cons out, we'd learn later that the Joy-Cons are crap, but still, uh, you can take those out, and you can just, yeah, you can s- switch completely seamlessly, there's no, like, loading, because it's just, uh, you're not really loading anything, you're just connecting it to a to an HDMI cable, really, like, yeah. like, a, like a connector, um... And I remember when I kind of first got that and I started using it, I was like, "Wow, I can't believe what this thing is like." Um, I've not really taken full opportunity of the whole, you know, take it out, play with it, come back, play with it more, that kind of thing. Um, but that, to me, at the time, that was like that was following on from the Wii U. You know, expe- expectations for Nintendo's certainly from myself were very, very low. And I remember seeing the trailer come out and I was, and it was like Nintendo Switch trailer or something. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what is this thing? What what is this gonna be? And within three minutes I was like, Wow, I want one of these things <laughs> So yeah, that was a that was a big change. Um Yeah, I
1: don't play the Switch as much as I should too. Mm-hmm. Um the, the Joy Cons just aren't very comfortable in my hands. Um and I don't do the whole traveling around thing anymore, so I don't really uh take it out, it just kinda sits there. Um Yeah. I wish I liked Animal Crossing more than I did, um, but that's just the way it is, so I do play it from time to time. I'm just not a massive, massive fan of it, so... Yeah. I would quite like to try to get into Pokemon,
0: but there's, like, 500 games. (laughs) Yeah, there's 9
1: zillion games, and...
0: There's so many. I I looked up um, Pokemon on on Boomerang thing, and... There's like two Pokemon games a year, if not more, because um, there's like four or five of those games listed on the Switch, and I just don't know what any of them are. I mean, there's, I mean, I I've been a fan of Pikachu like since I was younger and stuff. There is the Let's Go Pikachu. Like, should I play that one? I guess I don't really know, because um, I know what the idea and obviously you know catch them all and all that sort of stuff. But um, that's a that that could get me to very much use the Switch a lot. Um, so, yeah, and damn it, I keep neglecting to play, um, Luigi's Mansion 3, <laughs> I keep, I, I keep getting into a point with that game where I get it, I play it, and I'm like, this is pretty good, and then another, another game comes out, I switch over to that, and then I don't play Luigi's Mansion for, like, two months, it keeps happening, um, because I was scrolling through, uh, most popular on Switch games today, and I came across it again, I was like, damn I've still not finished that game, so, uh, I need to go back to, to, to actually finish that as well at some point, so because that was good um, Ben hopefully that answered your, your question, um, just a last point on that I suppose, so is there any because one kind of question I've got to point towards you about this um, so is there any game mechanics in a game that you've looked at and you thought wow I can't believe I can do that particular thing in this game
1: uh, The when they kept trying to do the voice controls with the Kinect um... right that never really made any sense. Um, why would you do something that kind of half works when you can just do the controller? Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Okay. Uh, so yeah, thank you, Ben, for that. And hopefully that answered
0: your question. Um, Lauren's got a question about Deathloop. Uh, says, uh, Lauren says, Did everyone stop talking about Ghostwire quicker than Deathloop? It didn't seem to get good reviews. Um, yeah, I've already seen conversation for that game stop. I don't know if it was quicker than Deathloop... Because Deathloop was what... Two weeks? And then it got like... Discounted on the PlayStation Store... People stopped talking about it... And... From what I heard... Like the mechanic of that game... Didn't work great... And it was just a... Fine game... Um... But yeah... Ghostwire came out... And... You know I'd said from the gameplay... And... Excuse me... All that type of stuff... That it looked kind of flat... And kind of... Not really great... Um... I saw that Skillup posted... A review for it i watched about 10 minutes of his, his review and he kind of his his thoughts were in line with what mine kind of were. obviously he's played the game i haven't but from what i was expecting the game to be like he kind of said that it was exactly like that um tyler mcvicker who i've mentioned a few times he's a great youtuber um he said that he liked it um or he, he, he sort of really liked it uh so he i guess is in in that crowd but um for either game, really, Robert, so Ghostwire or Deathloop, have you seen much discussion about either of those recently? I Almost Ghostwire just came out,
1: And Ghostwire was on my list of games that I want to check out at some point, and it just n- fell off a cliff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Do you think you'll be uh, trying it at all?
1: I mean, it's on my list- wish list, so I'll get notified if it ever goes on the sale. If it goes on a deep enough sale, I'll try it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to pay sixty bucks for it right now. That's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah, but you know, if it pops down to like a twenty, I'm sure there's going to be a summer steam sale and an autumn steam sale and a Christmas steam sale. And if it drops down to like twenty bucks, I'll, I'll I'm a player at twenty.
0: Okay, cool, cool. But uh, yeah, again, anyone that's playing Go- uh, Ghost White or Deathloop, really, let us write in and let us know what's what's up with those games. And lastly, Harrison uh, writes in. And he says, uh, I saw Matt's retweet for the COD thing. Uh, what are your expectations and what do you want from this game? Uh, good news, Harrison. There is a podcast that I did a few months ago called What I Want from... I just call it COD. Uh, call of Duty Modern Warfare 2022, um, which is, is is this year's game. So if you want specifics as to like mechanics or what you should or shouldn't keep in that game from the previous game, uh, that podcast is out there. Um, my expectations, I mean, I kept kind of forgetting that, uh, this game is supposed to have a new engine as well, and I'm not going to say Modern Warfare 19 is stale at all, but if I'm to look at that, which is kind of the foundations of what Modern Warfare 2 is going to build off of, you give me that game, but with a new engine, and you improve certain things, and obviously, you know, new maps, weapons, game modes, etc., uh that's kind of what some of the reasons why my expectations are quite high again because i trust infinity ward and this is this is the first cod in a lo- i can't remember the last time they said we're using a new engine for this franchise i mean cod the fundamentals of cod have been the same way for a long long time they've just been in different themes and different weapons and different time periods and you know different stories that kind of thing But it's been a long time, at least from I'm aware of, when COD last got a new engine. So that's like a whole different ballgame. So that should, as long as the the engine itself is actually good, obviously, hopefully it is. Um, But that should be uh, really interesting, and that's something to when we see our first gameplay of that game and everything. um, Be interesting to see if they mention sort of like, hey, we can do this new thing because of our new engine, or you know that that type of thing so we'll see how um how all of that goes um but uh yeah very much looking forward to it we'll see um how that goes i'm just wondering because they, they there was a bunch of youtubers and people that i follow that said we can aff- expect the first announcement around about may um so obviously we got our official announcement of the game um See, I'm wondering if we'll see our first gameplay thing in May or when the beta will be. I'm not completely sure because I can't remember how things worked last time with Modern Warfare 19. I can't remember the exact time frame of everything. Because uh, in terms of Cold War, uh, Black Ops Cold War and Vanguard, when like the beta came out and the trailers and stuff, I didn't like pay much attention to like specific dates and stuff. So we shall see. Uh, but yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Um, you are not gonna be here next week. You said. Or not gonna, yep. your, your birthday is uh, next Sunday. Uh, uh, my
1: birthday is actually Friday, but Sunday is Mother's Day, so we're going to oh, combo yeah. it.
0: Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so what I'm going to do, I'll do a solo episode next week. Um, Now, this is episode 299. I'm not going to make episode 3 a solo episode. That would seem a bit weird. So I'm going to do a classic 299.5, which is, I think, what we did before for one Mm-hmm. i think you i think you were on the road or something for 150 but we did like a 149.5 it's like an in-between episode kind of thing and then we did 150 properly when uh when you came back uh so we'll do that episode next week i'll do a solo, solo episode i might even do it like on a friday or something just kind of you know before the weekend um we'll see because i've got to get out to see uh dr strange at some point as well so i'll uh decide when to do that and then yeah, the week after that, when you're back and available, we'll do a proper episode 300, and we'll see what we can line up for that and everything. So yeah,
1: I also didn't realize that I'm one day off from Bex's birthday because hers is on Saturday. Oh, cool. Right, because yeah, it was um, it was Gray's
0: on uh, uh, sat- uh yesterday on Saturday.
1: Yeah, mine's May 6, and hers is May 7.
0: Yeah, David's is.
1: I think David's
0: is tomorrow And mine was like last week Because as as he kind of mentioned All of us, I think it's all six of us Or however many there is of us uh, We've all kind of got our birthdays like one after the other It's I think me Um Bex had hers uh, Got her soon Uh, Gray's was very recently, David's is coming up And yours is coming up So yeah, we're all sort of like March, April, May children So Or April and May I guess So that's interesting um, all right. In the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on EntertainmentTalk.org for our TV, games, films, main night podcast. There'll be a new United cast episode tomorrow because we've got Brentford on Monday night, so we'll see how that goes. And then there's just two games left of this very painful season, so uh, we'll see how all the rest of it goes. Uh, but yeah, TV, games, films, main night podcast, EntertainmentTalk.org podcast platforms, Entertainment Talk. Uh, check out all that we've got, everything like that. If you want to support us through other ways. Other than just listening to the episode. You can also tell other people about our podcasts. Tell them what we do. And where they can find it. Either by just telling them or using social media. There's also Patreon. There's $1, $3 level tiers. Add free podcast review options. Take a look at that as well if you'd like to. For all of those things uh david speaking of david he runs a website obviously uk. that's for your tv and your film news we're in big renewals and cancellations territory uh, a couple of big ones got canceled this week and there's renewals and other stuff going on as well so keep your eyes on, on that the geektown radio episodes drop on tuesday so look out for those uh bex as we mentioned she uh, you can find her on different platforms uh, trista b-y-t-e-s she streams on twitch she posts on twitter and on instagram so go and check out what she's doing at the moment uh you can also follow me on twitch as well E Talk uk for my different gaming streams you can find those on there as well and if you've missed the uh, archive streams i think i've got two still to put on youtube but if you've missed those archive streams uh, i've done like a reboot of the fifa career mode stuff uh which is cool um it was quite an active stream had uh yeah they had you and some other guy uh chatting in there the other day that was uh mm-hmm that was cool. Uh, So you can find those uh, streams archived later on YouTube, which is Entertainment Talk Plays and a bunch of game clips that we've got as well. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye.
1: Goodbye.